Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros NFL podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. Championship weekend is done, and it's on to the Super Bowl, which should, as usual, be a monstrous event for sports bettors. But with me to break down all things NFL is Rich Ryan, host of the Gridiron Gamble podcast. You can find Rich on Twitter at RichTRyan. Rich, how was your Sunday? It was... Okay, we're going to do our damnedest here to make this podcast more entertaining than the two games that we just saw. I I feel almost as bad for the viewers as I do for the very tall, very luxurious buildings in Las Vegas because I think I can see from here large fires. I think I can see things crumbling to the ground because both big favorites, both overs coming in, not a good day for our friends in the desert. Okay, legitimately, number one, I thought there were actual fires, and I got nervous for a second when you started talking. And second, I mean, I agree that the Sunday as a whole was not that exciting, except for the fact that right before we started recording, Rick dropped like six things on his soundboard, and there were just random like dollar signs, cash register things going on. There, you see, he's got it all. He's got it all ready to go. Okay, so if you thought like, oh man. That Sunday was so boring from a betting perspective. It's all right. We're going to make it all okay. Now, like last week, we're recording this on Sunday night. And immediately after the Sunday night game, last week, we, I need a little bit of time just to break down what happened on that game. In this one, this game, the Packers uh, 49ers game was over, I don't know, 20 minutes into it. So we've had a lot of time to kind of think on it. Still, the lines for the Super Bowl have been up for about 45 seconds. And for me, that's when it's fun. We've got two weeks to dissect this game. We're going to break down all the angles, the player props, how long the national anthem is going to be, all that stuff. But being able to see how everything strikes us in the moment with today's games fresh in our minds without much time to break it down, that's when it's good. Sometimes your instant reaction turns out to be the best. So, Richard, shall we dive right in? Absolutely. I've been grinding Demi Lovato national anthem tape, getting my hands on anything I can find for that problem. This is the reason why we bring you back on this podcast, Rich. But let's start with today's action Chiefs 35, Titans 24. This game looked like it might go a bit differently here at the start. Titans had leads of 10-0 and 17-7. In the end, the Chiefs' offense just way too much. Patrick Mahomes throws for 294 yards and three touchdowns. Two to Tyreek Hill, won a gorgeous 60-yard bomb to Sammy Watkins. He also runs in the score on a preposterous 27-yard run toward the end of the first half. Uh, everyone talks about how exciting and dynamic Lamar Jackson is, and he is. But you know a healthy Patrick Mahomes is nearly as exciting. Meanwhile, the Chiefs' defense does the one thing that nobody's been able to do in, I don't know, 10 weeks, and that's bottle up Derrick Henry, just 19 for 69 on the ground. Ryan Hanel does throw for 209 yards and two touchdowns. But without the ability to move the ball with Henry effectively, those are just kind of empty yards. So we'll get to the matchup with the 49ers in a bit. But break down this game for me. What were your general impressions? So, yeah, this is healthy Patrick Mahomes, and that's something you brought up, and it's something that's really important, specifically with that 20-plus yard touchdown run that concluded the first half. First time these two teams met, Mahomes was coming off of a knee injury that's going to require off-season surgery, although minor, if there is a such thing as minor surgery, and he did not have a single rushing attempt in that game. I believe that was only one of three games in the regular season that he didn't have a rushing attempt. Still, even though he was a statue, he dropped 433 on their heads on the road. And now we had a fully healthy Patrick Mahomes and a fully dialed up Chiefs offense. 
that had eight yards per play and pretty much did whatever they wanted to when they wanted to, save for that first drive, which is very uh, it's mirrored almost perfectly the start of last week. Bad drop by Kelsey. Things get off slow, but then the Chiefs just start rolling. I mean, is there any other time when a team gets down multiple scores and you're just not concerned? That's what makes this Chiefs seem so dangerous and puts the fear of God in you if you're holding a ticket for the other team. There, there is no lead that's really safe with these Kansas City Chiefs. Let me ask you something. What side did you have on this game, both on the spread and the total? So Chiefs minus 7.5 was my favorite pick of the week. Uh, I didn't have much of a lean on the total. Uh, on Gridiron Gamble, I gave out a very unorthodox parlay for this week because I don't know if you've noticed, but there's just been a war on teasers from the books, and you have to pay up to like minus 140, minus 145 juice on some of these two-team teasers. So I gave out... Chiefs minus seven and a half parlayed with Niners money line at plus 160. I wasn't strong enough to get Niners minus the seven and a half. Ultimately, they smashed and covered as well. But I I thought this Chiefs line should have been north of double digits. This is a really bad matchup for Tennessee. Yeah, you know, I could see it. But I'll be honest, I, I I had bought in the other way. You know, I thought... What I was really most impressed by in this whole thing, it's not the offense because this is the offense now. You you know, with Mahomes being, you know, as close to full health as he's going to get without surgery, this is what the offense is going to be. They're completely unstoppable at the moment unless, you know, maybe we'll, we'll see what happens in the Super Bowl with the 49ers and their defense. But a defense like Tennessee's, which is, you know— solid against the run but mediocre against the pass they they really didn't have much of a chance one of the reasons why I kind of leaned towards Tennessee getting more than the touchdown was because again I thought that you know the team sort of the the whole whatever the phrase is the whole is greater than the sum of their parts oh yeah for sure is that the right phrase yeah the the their output was greater than the sum of its parts and that 100% that that's a, a testament to how well Vrabel's coached this team and how well they've performed in the playoffs. And they were great matchups against, I mean, styles make fights. The NFL is such a week-to-week league, which is why the Niners are so crazy. They can win in so many different ways. But the Niners, week uh, week one of the playoffs, they get a, a really a dusty Patriots team and, and really handle business on the road. Last week, you talked about it, the run-stopping ability of the Titans, the spine of their defense, whether it be Jarrell Casey up front or their linebackers and Jayon Brown, uh, and Rashawn Evans, and then back in the uh, the the safeties with Kenny Vaccaro uh, and Kevin Byard, the spine of their defense is their strength. So that was a terrible matchup for the Ravens. And then the Ravens go 0 for 7, basically, in the turnover battle, if you include turnovers on down. So they just really had no shot in that game from hell. But then, yeah, they come into a game that's against a Chiefs team that's going to stretch you horizontally with their passing atop, not just vertically, and the Titans secondary just can't compete with that. And who who really, who can in the NFL? Well, we're going to find out uh, next week whether anybody really, or in two weeks, whether anybody really can. Let me ask you a couple of things on this game. I mean, they bottle up Henry, which is something I didn't think they had a chance to do, right? I mean, you know, to the extent uh, the Chiefs defense has a strength, it's against the pass, not necessarily the run. Henry had been as unstoppable, you know, he had this stretch, as good as any running back had ever had over an eight-game stretch, 19 for 69. Do you think that was more about Henry kind of finally, 
finally wearing down after getting, you know, 30 plus carries for a few weeks in a row and having all this work? Or do you think that, you know, the Chiefs defense kind of rebounded and, you know, Chris Jones playing, he was, a, you know, a game time call just kind of up their entire defense or what? Which side was it? Was it more about the Chiefs defense or more about Henry finally running out of gas, do you think? To be honest, I think it's more about the Titans not being willing to be more aggressive and throwing the football. Uh, it's really easy to scheme against the traditional run because you can stack the box and just be very aggressive up front. It's much more difficult when you have, let's say, a, a running passer like Lamar because you can't just scheme for one thing. You have to contain on the edges and then also be stout up the middle. But when you can put all these resources in the box, and granted, you're right, the Patriots and the Ravens didn't have much success doing this, but there was one specific time in this game, uh, I believe it was a third and short or a fourth and short, where the, the Chiefs, Spagnuolo literally rolled out goal line defense at the 49-yard line. And you just have to be able to check to a, uh, a slant there or some kind of pass if you're an offense operating in 2020. There's also other opportunities where Ryan Tannehill seeing single high and he's got uh, two guys on the left that can run a combo, slot fade, something. And you're going to beat both man and zone in a lot of those cases. And the Titans just kind of turtled and kept running the ball. This is why running the ball isn't sustainable as a primary method of winning football games because it's just so much easier to scheme against. So I'm not really going to fault Henry or even this offensive line. I just think it's really, really hard for running especially traditional running, to be your optimal output on offense. All right, how about the slow starts, okay? You know, they you can write off last week against the Texans because they're coming off the bye, right? So you're sort of like, okay, maybe you're not really ready for it. Texans, you know, have a couple of really explosive plays and get out to that huge lead before the Chiefs come roaring back. Uh, this one, you know, it's not quite as dramatic, and Tennessee doesn't have the offense to make it quite as dramatic. But again, they fall down 10 nothing. They fall down 17-7. And you can recover against the Texans, who have a subpar defense. You can recover against the Titans, who have a solid defense, but not one that really, you know, plays against your strengths and not the type of team that's going to put up a ton of points. I don't know if you're going to be able to survive having one of these slow starts against the Niners. What do you think's going on out of curiosity with the fact that in both of these playoffs games, the Chiefs have started really slow? I mean, is it coaching? Is it just something where, I don't know, it takes a little while? And are they going to be able to solve that when they go into the Super Bowl? Because they've got two weeks now, you know, they coming off that bye, you know, against the Texans. They were really slow. And again, it, it worries me a little bit to see them slow out of the gate here. This is slightly concerning, too, because the Niners thrive in positive game scripts. Exactly. Like, when they can pin their ears back on that defensive front, and when they can just get whoever's running the ball tonight, it was all-world Raheem Mostert getting downhill, they're a very dangerous outfoot. Mo Nuwara on our podcast, one of his favorite bets this weekend, was literally, if anybody gets up two scores live in this Packers-Niners game, just bet that team. Because the Niners in negative script could be scary. We've not really seen it yet. And we know what the Niners are in positive script. They just roll these teams over. In terms of the why, maybe it's just arrogance. Maybe it's just playing at home, knowing you're favored, knowing you're likely to get through to the next round. Uh, hopefully it's, it's not a, a hangover thing because then these two weeks will, will play into that even more and you cannot get off to a slow start against the Niners on a neutral field.
Yeah, I haven't been able to pinpoint it. I thought like, all right, there's got to be something that's kind of causing this because it was really concerning to see them. Not necessarily for me as somebody who leaned both towards the under and towards Tennessee in this game. So I was like, great. All right. Perfect. This is kind of exactly how I saw this playing out. The Titans are going to be able to run down there. They're going to have enough on defense to kind of keep this game close enough to to cover the, the more than a touchdown spread. But in the end, it's really a little strange, and it does make me a little concerned as we get into the Super Bowl. But before we get there, let's talk about the second game, which, again, you know, 35-24. This game was probably mostly over uh, in roughly the third quarter. You get into the second game here with the Niners 37, the Packers 20, and this game was over really early. Rodgers did what he could in the second half to make it a game, but there was just no stopping the 49ers offense right now. Or should I say, as you talked about, the 49ers running game. I mean, I talked about it with Adam Burke this week when we were breaking down this week's games. There just didn't seem to be a path for the Packers to win this game. Like, I I tried to play this game out several different ways. I could not find a way at all for the Packers to win this game. Like you, I wasn't, you know, jumping for joy about the seven and a half point spread or wherever it was, seven, seven and a half. I couldn't, you know, jump all over that because that's a big number. When you're in the championship week, even in the other game, it's a big number. But I felt absolutely confident that the Niners were going to win this game because I just didn't see how it was possible on either side of the ball that the Packers were going to have the upper hand. And they really didn't. The final score, not quite as bad as when these teams met in week 12, but it might as well have been. Jimmy Garoppolo threw eight passes, not completed, threw eight passes passes that is not the way the NFL is supposed to work as you mentioned earlier all the rushing game for the Niners and specifically Raheem Mostert because Tevin Coleman left with a shoulder injury I believe it was carted off so I don't know if we have any details on that yet I have not seen any but certainly he's got two weeks to get ready for the Super Bowl so unless it's something really serious hopefully he can make it back for that game Mostert has 220 yards rushing on 29 carries Matt Breida meanwhile you know used to think of this as a three-headed attack just one carry for two yards. I don't know whether or not he's still in the doghouse because of that fumble. I didn't see any injury. Whether or not it's that fumble, whether it's just that they have two weeks, so they were just going to go with Mostert. Um, but whatever it is, Mostert was absolutely dynamic. And really, it's all about the defense. Aaron Rodgers completed nearly 80% of his passes, 326 yards, but he turns it over three times. And that's basically about as empty a line as you can have. The Niners sack him three times. Their secondary, when you have D Ford and you compare him with Bosa, and Armstead, and when you have Quan Alexander to stop the run, and you have Tart back, it even at defense like the Chiefs, we're going to get into that game. You know, we'll talk right now just about the Niners. I mean, how good is this Niners team right now? Talk, talk to me about this game. This game was over, you know, 10 minutes in. It's ridiculous when Quan Alexander is a luxury item because Dre Greenlaw is getting as much burn, if not more, than Quan in that linebacking core, we know Fred Warner's been tremendous there, but Greenlaw's the guy that made the tackle uh, against Jacob Hollister to win the division. He made a very massive tackle against Aaron Jones in this game on a third and short, whether Rodgers tried to throw out a quick flat pass there and Greenlaw just ran it down and tackled him perfectly. So when somebody like Quan is a luxury item... <laughs> Things are certainly going to get ugly. I was also fascinated that uh, Richard Sherman, who's traditionally a left cornerback, traveled to the right side of the field yes. a couple times in this game. Yep. little gameplay there, which is a little fascinating. Specifically, I saw a stat going around that uh, Rodgers' QBR when throwing left was, I believe, 31st in the league and 4th throwing right. So I really thought that they were just going to keep Sherm right and uh, offense right and, and make Rodgers 
throw to Devontae on the left-hand side, but they moved Sherm around, which was fascinating. And then Sherm puts the Jets on there to pad some stats and get the interception yeah, at the right. end. Yeah, this Niners defense is tremendous. They're tremendously coached by Robert Sala. And th- when Kansas City takes the field on offense in the Super Bowl, this will be iron on iron, and it is going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, man. Like, you know, we do this. We've got two games to get through and then a Super Bowl to talk about, but there's just nothing to break down from this game, right? I mean, in the end, the Niners were completely dominant. Most people thought they were going to be completely dominant. These two teams played again, like, I don't know, six weeks ago. It looked almost identical, so... How about we just move on? Are you good to that? Because we've got a juicy, juicy Super Bowl coming up here. And I think we really just need to break that down. And we can move on from this game. An amazing effort by the Niners. But what do you think? You ready to go just to the Super Bowl? Absolutely. Let's do it. Before we do, let us let me tell you about the sponsor of today's show, BetMGM. And specifically the BetMGM Sports app. With the BetMGM Sports app, you can place a bet right from your phone. Just search for the sports app in your app store, download it, and sign up for an account. And when you sign up, you want to use our promo code Harris, my last name, because when you do, you get a risk-free $500 bet. If you lose your first bet, BetMGM is going to refund it up to $500 for future wagers. And trust me, there is nothing like having a bet that you know you can't lose. It's not even technically gambling, but just accept your free money and move on. So again, download the BetMGM Sports app, sign up for an account, Use our promo code Harris and get your risk-free $500 bet. These winnings are paid in free bets. You must be 21 years or older, and although you can sign up and easily deposit money anywhere, you must be in the state of New Jersey to place a sports bet, and certain restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for the full list of terms and conditions, and if you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, here we go. This is what kind of everybody wanted when we had the four teams left. 49ers versus Chiefs is certainly the most compelling matchup. For the consensus lines right now, I am seeing the Chiefs at minus one and a half and the total hovering at 52 and a half. This is trending up. I saw it at 51 and a half at places when it opened. I'm seeing it at 53 in some spots. But for our purposes, let's look at the consensus line. With 52 and a half. Last time these two teams met, Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL. So let's hope this one turns out differently. Why don't you just go ahead and give your early impressions of it and we can have some back and forth. I think the line's really fair, really sharp. Uh, I guessed it would come out around Chiefs minus one. It's a half point heavier. I could see it going as high as two. This is the most uh, interesting bookmaking game for me because it differs so much from every other NFL game, even including championship weekend, because the amount of volume in normal people betting in this game is going to make it so that Vegas or whoever is uh, your bookmaker, if you're in an eligible territory now, uh, now that we're finally breaking down some laws, uh, they can make money just off of volume alone in charging Vig in this game. When normally, and they don't take very large positions, but normally a lot of these books tend to have an opinion on the game, and mainly that's just because the market is usually so heavy on one side that they can't control the fact that there's going to be more money on a certain side. But with these two teams, and with this line being short of a field goal, I think action is going to be very evenly split, and I think our friends in the desert will be able to lick their wounds after this championship weekend and just kind of make money off of the VIG. So at this time, 
I have the slightest of leans for Kansas City, and I actually kind of think this total is really low, and that's a total fish opinion, but I think that normally good offense is going to beat good defense, so I think Kansas City is going to be able to set the pace in this game, even if they get behind early. I'm not as afraid of the Niners clamping down. Even Rodgers, we saw Rodgers feign a comeback just now, scoring some garbage time points, throwing to Devontae Adams and then something Lazard, something Kumaro, uh, that other tight end, uh, 87 name is escaping me. But these guys are like practice squad guys. So I think the Chiefs will be able to set the pace and score some points in this game. And the Niners can do it in a multiple uh, multitude of ways. So slightly on the Chiefs. Uh, at that number, but I do like the over, which makes me feel like a complete fish. Yeah, I I really think uh, that I have like six things that I want to respond to uh, with what you said. And none of it is wrong, by the way. Um, First of all, Jay Sternberger, I think, is the tight end that you're looking for. And frankly, you know, the one thing I think we probably should say uh, throughout this thing is it's pretty amazing that the Packers, you know, I, I get that their point differential wasn't great. But it's pretty amazing that they were able to do what they were able to do with, you know, an okay defense, nothing crazy. They could be beaten on the ground and legitimately one pass catcher, right? I mean, Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard was your number two, and he is not a number two wide receiver. And the corpse of Jimmy Graham was your number three. It just was not happening. So the fact that they made it this far is pretty awesome to see. And, you know, I love Rodgers, and and I hope he gets one more shot at it. Now, going to this game, let's talk about a couple of things. Just let's take a step back just for our listeners in case they're they're not quite as sort of sharp or understanding of the betting universe what you've said is i i think absolutely correct particularly with this line but generally in the super bowl there's so much volume on this game that vegas and we'll just call it vegas but any sports book i like your lawyering talk by the way where you try to be very careful about who can bet and who can't very good um in this game, the volume is so much that bookmakers are going to be able to come out ahead just by the VIG. But that is not, I think there's a misconception, by the way, that that is the way that, you know, betting works and that really all that bookmakers want is even action on both sides so that they can just make money off the VIG. That's not really the case, generally speaking. I mean, sure, if that happens, that's fine. That's great. They'll do it. But generally speaking, bookmakers are fine to take a side. Bookmakers are fine, right? To, to, to say this is where we're going to have liability and we are okay with that so in this game you know the point you brought up brought up I think is a great one which is the fact that in this game the side doesn't really matter this line is sort of perfectly set I completely agree I really have no strong lean on this game myself and basically all you and I have done this entire year is break down every single game so the fact that we're looking at this be like I don't know whatever yeah um, yeah pretty much (laughs) right I mean that's what it's going to be and that's what the public's going to be so I think that's good the second thing is that again you talked about the over and I agree with you I mean wherever it is right now let's call it 52 and a half it's not ending at 52 and a half because you know guys like us I I have been on the under in the last two Chiefs games and I think there were a couple of things number one I think I was not giving full credit to how much Mahomes has completely gotten over you know his his ailment and how much he looks 100% because they really are a completely different offense when that happens because remember towards the end of the season they had gone under a whole bunch so you know and both these teams are brilliant offensively. Okay, I get it that sometimes Jimmy Garoppolo just doesn't throw because they can just run. But, you know, you've got two of the most brilliant offensive minds coaching both teams. And the thing is that 
generally speaking, Publix love overs, right? The general sort of, you know, this is a, a, a huge generality, but the public loves overs and, you know, the sharp play more often than not is the under because public betters, you're like, oh, they're going to score. They're going to do a lot of stuff. They want to go over. So the fact that you and I are, again, both looking at this game and being like, oh, yeah, this is going over. If for no other reason, this is just not going to be a defensive struggle. Like there's just no way, not with how well these two coaches can can devise a an, an game plan on offense when they have two weeks to prepare. And remember, you know, the Chiefs are third in offensive DVOA, and that's including a lot of the time when Mahomes was hurt. The Niners are seventh. The Chiefs are fifth in the league in points per game. The Niners are second. The Chiefs are sixth in yards per game. The Niners are fourth. The big thing, though, again, and this is really what we need to talk about necessarily, is you know putting aside the whole backdoor over, like basically what you had here. You know, th- this game, which was done, the, the Packers couldn't do anything offensively whatsoever, winds up at 57 points, right? Because in the end, the Niners are just kind of sitting back and saying whatever. Putting that aside, is there any chance? I mean, I just want to talk through this. The, the Niners are second in defensive DVOA, okay? They, they're at full strength right now. They're going to be rested. They're going to be ready to go. Is there any chance that they can come out and shut down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Well, I think we just have to define what shutdown means. I think they can make it tough for the Chiefs. Sure, I think that's a reality. But I just think that the way that the rules legislate the ability to throw the ball, whether it be things like defensive holding or pass interference, that late pass interference for the Chiefs, a little bit of a ticky-tack call, but by the letter of the law, you cannot interfere with an offensive player's ability to get to the ball if your head is not turned the entire time when you're competing uh, for the ball. So I just, I really truly believe that good offense is always going to beat good defense or at least have success. Maybe beat is not the right operational term to use there. And even if the Niners, who have a great defense, are able to limit the Chiefs, I I still think they're like a walking 21 points at a stone minimum. I mean, you look... You brought up a really good point about the Niners, too. The Niners can score. There were 94 points scored in their game against the Saints. So they can shoot out. I, I just, yeah. I just, I just, like you, you put it perfectly. Two great offensive minds. And there are certainly, even though the Niners are stout, there's still deficiencies there to be taken advantage of. And just the way the Chiefs spread you horizontally. Somebody's going to be open, and Mahomes is going to make that throw, and just hopefully Kelsey and Tyree Kill can can hold on to it. Yeah, I just I I completely agree. I, I'm just trying to basically see like, is there any way? I I don't see it at this point. I, uh, absent an injury, I don't see how you can stop Mahomes, especially you know just if for another reason. Then again, even if he gets rushed by you know all the guys up front, he's so fast and he's so brilliant with his legs as well. Now that he's basically fully healthy that he's going to be able to get things done regardless. It really is something where, again, I, I don't, you know, they scored 37 points in this game and they didn't throw whatsoever. So I, I don't really think that the public is going to be like, well, the Niners aren't that good offensively. And I, I get it. Jimmy G doesn't always look like he's in complete control. He certainly looks like the type of guy who, in in a spot, he could fold, you know, it, it's possible. But I, I really don't see it happening. In my opinion, 
whichever side you like in this game, I wouldn't worry about like running in to get it now, right? It, I mean, if you're like, man, I really like the Chiefs right now. I really think it's good. The, the line's not going to three. I, I mean, you know, in my opinion, I, this is going to stay right where it is, maybe one and a half. I bet the public is probably going to come in. I think it's going to be pretty split, generally speaking, to the extent the number of bets is probably going to favor the Chiefs. And I think the money, again, is probably going to sp- be split roughly right down the middle. But in my opinion, if you like this total, Rich, you like over on this total. Is that correct at 52 and a half? Yeah, I got to say yes. I do as well. And the public probably does too. Go hammer it right now because that is something that's going to, that is going up by, it's going to be 54 by the time the game hits. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 55 because that is something where bookmakers are not going to be able to get both sides of it, okay? Because I think even the sharp bettors at this point are not going to look at this and be like, well, of course, this is going to go under. I mean, the Chiefs just have too many weapons to be able to think like, well, you know, Richard Sherman could take care of one. I mean, given the fact that it's Kelsey and Tyreek Hill's pure speed. And again, it was good to see Sammy Watkins remind everybody that he is a legitimate player and he can show up when they really need to. And again, Damian Williams didn't do a ton on the ground today, but he is there and he's good out of the backfield. So I think we both see this game uh you know almost identically i i i might lean slightly towards the niners on the spread i i don't have a strong feel for it either way and it sounds like you don't really either but you slightly lean towards the chiefs is that right yeah i think the game line might just be more about in-game betting again if you're in a, a territory that not only allows this but offers this option you might have a chance to get on whoever uh falls down uh in this game or uh maybe we're afraid of the Niners and negative script again. So uh, if it's the scenario is really only one way, if the Niners get ahead, maybe we're only going to have an opportunity to bet on the chiefs. I have to put a little more thought into that. I will say, so in, instead of just you and I both gushing over the over, let me, let me go to narrativeville real quick. Uh, what if both these teams are just tight to start the game? Is that something yep. that could happen? We've got two quarterbacks starting in the Super Bowl for the first time. Maybe a little nervy in the first quarter. Uh, maybe Kyle Shanahan seeing signs of twenty-eight to three flashing in front of him, and that absolutely epic collapse of the Falcons when he was offensive coordinator. Maybe that's what happens. Or it is South Florida. Hard Rock, I believe, has an opening. What if we get a South Florida rainstorm? It it rained uh, for the Colts Bears Super Bowl last time we were in Miami. That's right. No, it did. That's certainly a possibility. The getting tight thing, yeah, man, it's possible. I'm stretching. I'm really stretching. I'm stretching to find something. Talk about something. No, no, no. Look, it's certainly possible. And again, you do have this, you know, thing where the last two games and their two playoff games, the Chiefs have started really, really slowly. And the Niners' defense might be good enough. I don't think any defense is really good enough, but they might be good enough to not just be like, "Oh, you started slowly. Well, good. Now you're going to just be able to put up, you know, 50 points on us like you can do on every other team." They might be too good to allow that to happen so it's certainly possible and again the one thing the Chiefs did you know and and you talked about it the fact that you just don't think a team is going to be able to consistently run the ball quite as much as uh, the Titans were doing but again you know Baltimore had eight guys in the box for like two-thirds of Henry's runs okay and he was still just going through them I mean 
I think it was pretty impressive the way they were able to take him down. And I get that, you know, but the thing is, you know, you saw every time Tano went back to pass, it wasn't like guys were wide open or anything like that. You know, the corners were, were, you know, on Brown and they were on Corey Davis. They were taking care of it. So, you know, their defense is solid as well. So to the extent both defenses step up, sure, it's possible. But man, even if they're tight, that's not going to be forever. You know, they're not going to, they're not, they, they, you might, you might get a first quarter under. Okay. I, I, I'll give you that one. But for me, I don't know, man, as soon as we're done with this, I'm going to go pound the over, you know, a couple of times, but, uh, you know, again, I've been, I've been off on my chiefs over unders for the last couple of weeks. So take that with a grain of salt, but I, I like your style. And again, we'll monitor the weather reports. If it's going to be a monsoon, uh, you know, we talked to Kevin Roth a couple of weeks ago and certainly, you know, that's something that, that could make a difference if that's what happens. It is Florida, but in the end, man, absent that, uh, I just don't see it. I, it I hurts. See, uh, it hurts it to like the over. Really? It, it physically, I'm in pain staring at this number and thinking that it's going to go over. I've literally just been under for like four weeks nonstop, and that worked real well early on, right in the wild card round, and you know it was everything was under, but uh, you know suddenly that's a terrible bet. But whatever, man, we'll be square, and it's the Super Bowl. We'll have eight thousand prop bets, and either way, just go listen to some Demi Lovato, and then you can really get in there, right, on the length of the. Uh the national anthem. So, uh, all right, but that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, Rich, it was really great talking to you again. I thought you brought a lot of wonderful insight as you always do. And again, you know, sometime in the next mm, 50 years, our jets will make it probably. Ooh, ooh, don't tempt me. The, the, the Titans really reminded me of the Oh nine, 10 jets oh, today. Exactly. A lot of, a lot exactly. of balls bounced their way. The first two rounds, a lot of good matchups, but then you get, one game away, and then life just smacks you right in the face. Well, when the time comes, and I'm sure it will, we may be 80, but it'll come at some point. How about we do a live show from uh, Radio Row? Are we I am for that? so booked. All right, man. Well, in the meantime, remind everybody where they can find more of you and your work. Yeah, you can catch our podcast, Gridiron Gamble, on any podcatcher that you listen to, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and you can follow us on Twitter, at Gridiron Gamble. I'm at Rich T. Ryan. And enjoy this lead up to the Super Bowl, everybody. Yeah, everybody have a great time. And I want to remind everybody before we go about BetMGM, where you can get a risk-free $500 bet if you sign up for the BetMGM Sports app using our promo code Harris. Given that the Super Bowl is not until two weeks from today, we're going to skip our usual Thursday show this week. We will be back talking about some of our best plays next week. I'll talk to you then. 